Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Birch Sheet Metal. I'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. Uh, we got an interview with Drake Jackson on this show, so stay tuned to the end from that. That's from Media Day. You'll get to hear from UK Football Center. Um, we're also going to give you an injury update on football. And right now we're going to talk some basketball with Kyle because Kyle just published a piece um, on The Athletic. And I'm going to be completely honest, Kyle, I haven't finished all of it, but I feel like um, the the first portion of it with Emmanuel Quickly was kind of a large conversation uh, that we had um, yesterday on quickly and how he's you're we're all expecting him to have a pretty good season. Yeah, and, you know, I talked to the guy. He, we mentioned he went and basically landed. I got some more details. He land. He was supposed to fly out of Cincinnati on Saturday morning at five fifty five a.m. and he hit traffic. His mom told me he hit traffic on the way there and was te- texting her. I don't think I'm going to make it, and then he didn't make it on his flight. Uh, and so he was supposed to land like early Saturday morning and hang out with his family before his game in this uh, Kenner League, this uh, old uh, Pro-Am League, Nike-sponsored Pro-Am League that goes way back. They've had Alonzo Mourning and Patrick Ewing and Kevin Durant have played in it in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Uh, so he ends up landing 90 minutes before the tip-off, uh, and he lands at BWI. The game's the, the Georgetown Arena is like 40 minutes away or 40 miles away. Um, and so he has to scramble there and basically laces his shoes up and jumps out on the court. Ends up across for, I found out a little more about who he was playing. He was uh, against uh, a former all ACC guard from Wake Forest um, who plays professionally now overseas. He's top 10. Um, name's Bryant Crawford. He's top 10 all time in Wake Forest assists and steals and made threes. So, you know, that's a really good player, and that was his primary matchup, and quickly steps off the plane and drops 26 points on him. Um, so pretty impressive. Um, impressive, too, that he's, you know, he's got a couple weeks to go home. You know, they gave the team a break after summer workouts here in Lexington. Gets a chance to go home, and the first thing he does is find a game. So I think that's encouraging for people as well. Um, but I caught up with the guy who runs the uh, – or one of the guys who runs the Kenner League, that Pro-Am. Um, and he said, I've been watching Emmanuel since he was probably 13 or 14 years old, and he looked extremely confident on Saturday. His shot looked great. He looked poised and patient, and it seemed like the game is really slowing down for him. He looked 100 times better than the last time I'd seen him play locally. So um, that's pretty good. Um, you know, I talked to his advisor, his longtime advisor and AAU um, team director, uh as well, who said that he, you could see that he is not going to be the same Emmanuel quickly who went off to Kentucky last year. So, um, you know, that's, that's sort of the way that piece starts. And then I drop into, um, I talked to a handful of people close to the program over, you know, the last few days to get a sense for who looked good in workouts and practices, you know, what are the early impressions? And, and you know, I would stress too, that, Everybody I talked to kind of said it's way it's too early to make any like sweeping definitive you know judgments on this team because they're not you know they're not really getting that deep into 
uh, real basketball yet. Um, but a few things did stand out. Quickly was one of those. Uh, one of the people I talked to said he's going to have a really good year. Um, multiple people told me that those, he and Ashton Hagens were really practicing well. Um, I, you know, I don't want to give too much away. I hope people will check it out. We pretty much cover the entire roster in there. But the, the other two things I think that are, are notable to, to kind of tease it, uh, while there's a lot of positive stuff on Ashton Hagens, one person I talked to, said essentially i'm gonna need to see more like i'm gonna reserve judgment on him uh he's gonna have to prove it to me that he's gonna do everything it takes to be great um and then the other one is i think there's some real i don't know about worry but i think legitimate concern about the front court uh because they didn't get uh carrie blackshear jr and because uh, i think that from what i gather the jury is very much still out on nick richards um I think they're pleased with what they've seen so far from A.J. Montgomery and expect that he'll do well, but he's still got to prove that too in games. Uh, and then you've got Nate Sestina, who I think will be a stretch five for them and, and give them some opportunities to, to play a different way there. But 100% they they want Infale Dante in this class. Uh, that's a big thing, I, I would say. is I think everyone involved in the program recognizes that Getting in Folly Dante could be a huge deal because there there is uncertainty, and as much as anything, it's about depth. You know, if if Nick Richards isn't able to give him quality minutes, or if he is, but he can't stop fouling like he's has been really a chronic issue for him. Uh, if you know one of the other guys gets hurt or dinged even for a few games, where do you turn? Right now, it would be pretty problematic. Uh, and so, you know, another takeaway in this piece is about a guy they don't have, and and that's Dante. And and we're closing in on the last few days here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to have to happen within about a week, or it's just not going to happen. At least not at Kentucky. Well, and not this year, I guess. Right. So that, I mean, that'll be. Yeah. That, that's something that uh, we haven't. We don't know a specific date. They haven't released that, but we kind of have a <laughs> of an idea of when it has to be done or it can't be done because he can't get into school. Um, and that's not just for Kentucky, but that's all the schools involved. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Um, sticking with basketball, there was a tweet. I guess this is a meme, Kyle, that everybody's doing. It's uh, which table you sitting at. And this, of course, UK basketball did a BBN edition with all a bunch of basketball players. And basically, if you haven't seen it on social media, there's like a cartoon lunchroom and then various different uh, sports entities. I think Yahoo Sports did one, and they just have like a collage of all-time greats. And uh, there's three different people at each lunch table, and then you pick which one you're going to sit at. Kyle, you and I were texting about this earlier. It's it's kind of fun to see. Um do you have a table that you would sit at? Because basically they're kind of separated by recruiting classes more or less and teams. I mean, it, it isn't perfectly aligned recruiting class-wise, but um, for the most part, guys that kind of play together. The fir- Table 1, for example, is John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, and DeMarcus Cousins. And then Table 10 is P.J. Washington, Keldon Johnson, and Tyler Hero. So guys that, that played on the same team together. Do you have a, a table that you would sit at? That's a good one. You know, I never got to cover DeMarcus Cousins because I came in year three of Calipari. Um, so that and the, in the tables, that would be that the the, th- the third table in this graphic they tweeted out is Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and uh, Darius Miller. Uh, so I didn't get to cover 
DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall and Eric Bledsoe, but especially Cousins and that big personality. I think I'd probably sit there just personally to to get to know. It's probably the best group that I, I haven't covered here. I've covered eight teams, but not that one. Um, so, yeah, probably that one. Although, I mean, the Willie Cauley-Stein, Carl Towns tables very – uh, very appealing as well. That would be a great conversation. Well, I tell you um, what, um, I differ from your pick of table one, and I'll tell you my pick right after I tell you about Birch Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Birch Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40 year warranty in 15 colors, plus Gavalume, economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out BurkSheetMetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H SheetMetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door tracks, and aluminum frame rails. Burt Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out BurtSheetMetal.com. Don't pay lumber yard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. That's Bird Sheet Metal. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. I'm going table six, man. I think that that's it. I think it's just a good... Now, this is like um, some people... It's not who you... like. You're not creating a three-on-three team here. This is who you want to hang out with at lunch. And I think I want to hang out with Willie Cauley-Stein because he's going to like be a little weird... And be fun. Uh, Carl Towns obviously is super nice, um, and you know, just will have a good conversation, nice, polite conversation. Um, and then Devin Booker, you know, so the ladies will stop by your lunch table as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying after saying table one, just because I didn't, I never got to know those guys of the teams I did cover. Definitely, table six is the most appealing uh, with those guys from that 2015 team. Um, it's an interesting thing. It's also interesting to see who they left off because it was from the official Kentucky basketball account. There are 30 people on this graphic, and they still left off some dudes. I mean, table five is the the guts of the 2014 team, sort of, Julius Randle and the Harrison Twins, but that leaves off James Young, who I believe was the leading scorer on that team. You know, it's uh, you, you obviously can't squeeze it. Every table just has three people on it. But uh, I wonder, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall of some of the other players that were on some of these teams that are not on a table. Uh, I bet the unintended consequence here is some people got mad. People always get mad, though. I mean, if I'm if I'm James Young, I go, Archie Goodwin got a table? <laughs> I mean, but you had to put somebody at table four. Uh, the fourth Calipari team. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to think who else. Who else was a pretty notable guy that got left off besides James Young? I mean, I'm not like notable wise. I guess Derek Willis, Dominique Hawkins, obviously aren't in there. They were they were contributors, but not like stars. Right. No. Uh, no Hagens or no Hagens on the table well, ten. Yeah. No current guys. It, all, these are all former UK players. So that's probably an easy line of demarcation right. that they made. Um. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anybody. Well, Trey Lyles was there a lottery pick. Yeah. Trey Lyles was a lottery pick, and he's not on uh, table six. Daniel Wharton was a first rounder, and it was his birthday today, and he wasn't yeah. on there. 
no scowl on table seven. There's a good one. Scowl also for another first round pick. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Though. No, no Marcus Teague uh, on yes. table three. Uh, two other guys from the championship team made it onto table two because they were there for two years. So Lamb and Terrence Jones made it with Brandon Knight on table two. Um, that's no crazy. Jor- no jorts. Wow. That's a lot of NBA talent that didn't make this. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Honestly. No Kyle Wilcher. I bet he's mad. He's he, No, he just got married in Greece. I've oh, followed, good for him. I follow him on Instagram. He's he's living his best life. He's having a he, – he's, he's doing okay. No Dakari Johnson. I think that's egregious. That is pretty egregious, honestly. If whatever table Dakari would have been at, like, well, if you're making if you're making table six out of ta- out of the 2015 team, you just put Willie Cauley Stein, Dakari Johnson, and Carl Towns together. Sorry, Devin Booker. <laughs> I'd rather sit with those three. Eh, you might be right. Seats taken. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, switch up to football because we got a chance to talk to the offensive side of the ball today. Um, later on, we're going to share an interview with Drake Jackson. But the big news from UK football today is that uh, Isaiah Epps will be out six weeks because of a small fracture in his foot. According to offensive coordinator Eddie Grand, uh, they put a screw in it. Uh, he's in a walking boot. Um, and so he'll, he'll miss, obviously, the beginning of the season and camp. Two names that are brought up that we've been talking about a lot. Uh, Bryce Oliver and Josh Ali are really going to need to step up. Kyle, this is obviously, it's a loss in the sense that when you don't have a ton of guys that have experience, you want every guy that has any experience. Ali didn't have a ton, but he had some, and now they're going to be without him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think it probably opens the door for a guy like Bryce Oliver, who had the monster spring game. Um, It sounded like, I saw the comments from those guys today, it sounded like, uh, the clear number two behind Lynn Bowden is uh, Josh Ali. Well, so. I mean, I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, it that was it was Eddie Grand said that uh, specifically today. So it was the most clear cut thing I'd ever heard um, from the UK staff. And maybe maybe it was a battle between Epps and Ali for that kind of number two role. And now that Epps is out with injury, Ali is the guy that they're going to kind of push forward and maybe put a little bit of good pressure on to make him step up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really rare that that, that like you said, that a, that a staff would just say in a big group like that where there hasn't been any actual in-game separation, he's our clear next best guy. Um, but uh, if he's really performed to that level, that's huge for them. They got to have somebody, and that's that certainly to me that would ease the like, oh, this is really bad uh, factor losing Epps. I mean, I think they think he can be a home run threat, and he has a lot of speed and can stretch the field, and they're excited about what he could be. But the facts are, the dude has 12 catches in two seasons for like 130 yards um, total. So yeah, he's yet to co- go out there and do it, and he's and he's not lost for the season, so he's going to be back at some point. Um, but I think if they have another guy in the wi- in the actual wide receiver core that they feel good about, really good about in, in Ali, that's that maybe lessens that blow. And then I think it sounds like they do also feel good about Bryce Oliver. Um, and so that to me, that's at least three guys um, that are true receivers. And then, as we've talked about, I, I you know I really won't be surprised if they lean on those tight ends and you know Justin Rigg in particular. Um, that gives them. I, I think I think if they have three real options in the passing game, that's two more than they had a year ago. <laughs> so I, I think they'll take it. 
Yeah, the other guy that Michael Smith, the wide receiver coach, brought up was Demarcus Harris. Um, so he's another guy to kind of keep an keep an eye on. Um, and also, uh, Kyle, kind of along with your lines, uh, they also mentioned that they're going to throw to the backs a ton as well. That was that was a plan that, that had been talked about um, since the end of last season. Um, and also of note, Grant said that Cavassier Smoke is a really good route runner. So maybe if you're if the wide receivers aren't stepping up, there might be a situation where maybe you kind of put him out in the slot or you know basically just have him as a wide receiver coming back out from the running back position because it seems like Grant has a ton of confidence in all those running backs. Yeah, and it, it may have been. I can't remember if it was your video or somebody else's, so I hate to poach it if it was. But um, I saw a video of AJ Rose talking about his goals. Was that you? No, that wasn't me. Uh, anyway, on Media Day, talking about his goals, and he had a like. I think he said like three hundred receiving yards uh, as one of his goals, a thousand yards rushing, and I think I think he said three hundred receiving yards. Um, you know, we know Rose is faster than Benny Snell was, more breakaway speed. Um, he's certainly taller than Snell was. Um, uh, that'll be interesting. You know, he he last year as a as their backup running back their deep backup running back he did have eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown um aj rose so um you know i i think if you're if you're looking for more ways to get the passing game going i think when you make a move from a just why would you do anything but stick the ball in benny snell's gut because he's so good at that if you're moving from on from that era and you have some guys with other skills now's a good time to maybe make that transition Yep, um, I completely agree. So uh, let's take another quick break, and then after that, uh, you'll hear me talking to Drake Jackson. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I've been talking to a lot of the guys about the chemistry of the offensive line. You know, Logan down at SEC Media Day has talked a lot about the you know the fact that you guys can count on each other and you know know that you're going to be there for each other. Can you just kind of speak on that and how much that'll go to this year's offensive line cohesion? Yeah, that's a big deal because we communicate a lot up front, and it's not only game experience, but a lot of those guys who are going to be coming into starting roles and competing for a job uh, have been practicing with us for a long time and. We've all, we've all gotten reps together, and that's really important because, like I said, with how much we have to communicate and, and get five guys on the same page is a difficult thing to do, and it really helps that we all understand the playbook, and we all kind of – a lot of these guys know what I'm about to say before I tell them, and that, 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 pay, that played a huge role in our success last year. How, much, how big a deal is it that Landon's coming back? What's well, a big deal because uh, he's, he's filling a hole that we have, you know, with EJ being gone, and uh, it, it's nice to have Landon back. He was a solid player. Uh, he, he's smart. He understands what we're doing. He's a great communicator, and uh, he's a big body with uh, some experience. So uh, we're looking forward to it. That side of the line, Logan talked a lot about how, you know, I think he called it stout. He seems like the, the, you guys got high expectations, you know, being able to run on that side. How much do you think that you guys will be able to accomplish that this year? Well, and they, they are a stout offensive line on the left side. Uh, a lot of experience, and Logan and Landon have played next to each other, uh, dating back to 2016. Uh, but I think the right side is going to be important too. Um, Mason Wolf and Luke Fortner are competing for a starting job. They've both played a lot of snaps, which is important. They're big bodies. Uh, Darren Kennard at right tackle is uh, 
really, really talented young guy um, who takes takes the game very seriously. So that's important. And I'm looking forward to see how we do in fall camp and uh, coming out August 31st. So down at SEC Media Day, uh, Logan Stenberg called out Landon Young about being fake, oh, fa- fake country. I need you to comment on this, this, <laughs> this, this big controversy. Well, we don't have all the facts. Uh, we definitely need the facts um, before the opinions come out. Uh, it did get a little bit heated in the uh, comment section, I noticed. But um, it's one of those things, you know, it, it, a, a joke starts up, whether it's true or not, and uh, someone like Logan doesn't ever drop it. So, um, you know, is Landon real country or not? Who knows? The verdict is still out. Um, but uh, <laughs> that was funny when I saw that. But, and, you know, it, people. I hope people understand it is a joke. You know, guys just giving each other a hard time um, because that's really all we do. What is that camaraderie like, you know, between you guys uh, in the O-line room at this point? Because, like, we, we were talking about how you guys have a lot of cohesion. You guys have been around each other a lot at this point. Well, it's a roast every day is what it is. Uh, everybody walks in with new material every day. So, um, and, and I, personally, I think that kind of builds camaraderie because we have guys in there that can take jokes and that can dish it back um you know i'm more than happy to take a joke about myself i joke about myself but um i also like dishing it out sometimes too so uh, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun um it helps us you know get through the long days and uh it's something that i kind of look forward to walking in the meeting room every day and then logan on the kind of like this goes in junction with that the defensive line mm-hmm. uh, logan was talking about the trash talk between those two but what's what's that like in the trenches when you're going through camper the trash talk is kind of bad it's not really good um phil's the loudest but uh most of the time when he says something you just kind of cringe at it you know um <laughs> phil, phil it's fun like it's a lot like the uh, o-line d-line you know uh, the o-line um you know, I give Q, Big Q, a hard time, and he gives me a hard time, and it, it all turns out to be a positive in the end, which is the most important part. Um, I think guys are just funny on the team, really. I think guys like to joke around. And then, you know, along those lines, there's been a lot of talk from the coaching staff about the D-line and how good they are and how much that's going to be a strength. What do you see going up against them every day? You would have the best best view of them of anybody. Well, I see a lot, not, I see a lot of experience uh, bred with talent. Uh, Q, a big Q, um, has been tremendous since day one. I've been uh, very fortunate uh, to go against him every play. Um, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he's smart. And that's the thing, too. I think a lot of those older guys are smart. And you look at Calvin Taylor, uh, Josh Pascal, TJ Carter, Quentin Bohanna. They're knowledgeable guys who know where to be and when to get there. So I'm looking forward to a big year from them. Uh, our job is to get better in practice and to make them better as well. So I'm looking forward to fall camp and seeing what we can do there. Thanks to Drake for talking to me for a bit. He's always fun to talk to, Kyle. He's one of the biggest personalities, and obviously he interned uh, with bi- us at Big Blue Insider, so I have a pretty decent relationship with him. Uh, you know, that's you've talked to a ton of offensive linemen and centers specifically. They're always good talkers. Yeah, I mean, they, they better be. They need to be the smartest guy on the offensive line, so it's always good when they – uh, can put a, a string of thoughts together, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's been an impressive guy since he was in high school. Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy too beyond his personality who will be one of the best centers in the SEC, and I think by extension, one of the best in the country. And that's a great, you know, a, a, I think one of the reasons they're super confident in their offensive line, despite losing three starters, is they have the quarterback of that group uh, coming back. I completely agree. 
Um, if you want to check out some more football videos, you can check my timeline at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, or check out BigBlueInsider.com. Uh, Kyle's piece that we mentioned earlier can be found on The Athletic, and you can follow him on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Quick aside, Kyle, are you going to be like Greer and try to drop the underscore A-T-H and be super cool? Jeff Greer lost his underscore today, I heard. He just had just an underscore, though. Oh. Which is odd. I think something happened. Uh, I don't know the full story of that, but his like handle was just, I think, like Jeff Greer underscore for a while. Uh, no, I'm going to stay with the ATH, you know, unless they fire me, in which case <laughs> you know, I've changed my handle a few times. So I'll do it again if I have to. Yeah, you've had a couple of different underscores after the Kyle Tucker. <laughs> um, um, please follow the show on social media at Locked on UK on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and please subscribe. Uh, and then share the podcast with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks again to Bert Sheet Metal for sponsoring this edition of the show, and thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. So, Kyle, we'll, just, we'll do the wrap here. <clears throat> Ready? Yep. Uh, 